global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Catherine Cowdery. Wall Street is pulling back from all-time highs on all three of the main benchmarks. Lackluster data is offering little incentive for investors to push equities higher. A report today showed sales at U.S. retailers were little changed in July as Americans flocked to auto dealers at the expense of other merchants. Another report showed wholesale prices unexpectedly fell in July by the most in almost a year, a sign that inflation is likely to stay muted. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day. Dow Industrial Average is down 43 points, a quarter percent, trading at 18,569. S&P 500 down three points, an eighth of a percent at 2182. The Nasdaq is starting to bounce between gains and losses, currently unchanged at 52.28. And that's a Bloomberg Business Flash. You're listening to Taking Stock with Kathleen Hayes and Pim Fox on Bloomberg Radio. Matt Miller here filling in for Kathleen Hayes with Pim Fox on Taking Stock. Uh, We are going to dive into the world of politics via taxes right now. We brought in Mike Nitza. He's executive editor for Bloomberg Politics. And the Clintons, Mike, uh, put out their tax returns for 2015 today. We know we've seen the Clintons' tax returns uh, since the 70s or back to the 70s. But today we learned they made another $11 million, mm-hmm. paid 34%, and gave away about 10% to charity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's true. They, they finally checked this box. It's a traditional one for presidential candidates to, to check. And, uh, yeah, it hasn't uh, created uh, that much uh, talk today because it was so – so. Well, not, not so much talk about the Clintons, but it kind of mm. points to Donald Trump because it makes you wonder how much money did Donald Trump make? I mean the Clintons have made $150 million since 2007. Has mm. he done better? Mm-hmm. Uh, how much does he pay in taxes? They've paid about a third of all that money to taxes. Mm-hmm. Has he paid that much? Um, they mm-hmm. give away almost 10 percent of their income. Does he do that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely is. Uh, it, it, there's a there's a very political um, end to this uh, release of the taxes that Trump has said again and again that he can't release his taxes because he's under an IRS audit. Um, it's one of the most disciplined, repeated messages from the campaign. Uh, Paul Manafort, his uh, campaign chief, has said, uh, has said that the only people that want to see the taxes are uh, Trump's enemies, so they don't really see an upside to releasing them. And uh, it's and they've set no deadline for when they could do it before the election. Have you guys at Bloomberg Politics, have you talked to anybody at the IRS and asked them if there are rules prohibiting releasing your tax returns if you're under audit? There, uh, It's been reported that there there are no rules. The IRS has said, said that you can release your taxes while under audit. It's just something that Trump uh, has chosen not to do. But can he release his tax returns from previous years? And that too. It's it's totally within his control to release his taxes for previous years and also taxes uh, and this most current one. Is it a possibility that Donald Trump pays no tax? Well, the New York Times ran a very interesting story today uh, interviewing various tax ex- experts saying that that, w- that is true and that has been true in the past. Uh, in, in, in some some years ago, he paid zero tax taxes uh, for the year. It's so interesting because Donald Trump has made uh, one of the platforms of his campaign, one of the planks in his platform, I should say, that he's against inversions because he mm-hmm. doesn't like it when people mm-hmm. avoid taxes, um, mm-hmm. even though he has no problem with, obviously, with bankruptcy, mm-hmm. which he loves to file bankruptcy. <laughs> and uh, he, apparently he's not going to tell us uh, whether or not he's inverting uh, to avoid taxes. 
Well, he's he's uh, been able to navigate that kind of contradiction uh, in the past in his campaign. Uh, he's been able to say, you know, I've taken advantage of the rules that that are in place right now, whether it's bankruptcies or or other things, and and I know the system really well, and that's what made me a rich man, and that's what makes me uh, most qualified to be president because I know the rules and I know how to fix them, and I know how to uh, lead the nation to uh, to greatness, as he says. Let's turn our attention mm-hmm. now to some of the polling that has been done mm-hmm. specifically in states such as Colorado, mm-hmm. North Carolina, and Virginia. Mm-hmm. This all demonstrates what? That Hillary Clinton is ahead of the polls. She's definitely ahead in, in nationally and also in uh, in a lot of important battlegrounds. And I think uh, the most interesting uh uh, conclusion I draw from this today is uh, is it wasn't too long ago uh, before the conventions that uh, that Trump's campaign was really bet- betting on a strategy of winning the Rust Belt, uh, going in, winning Ohio, Pennsylvania, um, and that was a, that was a place that was particularly uh, receptive to, to his message about uh, about uh, jobs uh, being killed because of trade treaties. It was interesting yesterday when Hillary Clinton gave her uh, economics. Um, plan in mm-hmm. Warren, Michigan, I believe she was at a, mm-hmm. like a rocket factory. Mm-hmm. Um, she had even bigger American flags than Donald Trump <laughs> has had in the past. And mm-hmm. she seemed to be painting this picture that she wanted to bring us back to like a manufacturing mm-hmm. economy. Um, mm-hmm. And she seemed to be almost as protectionist as Donald Trump. Yeah, she's definitely uh, come come uh, uh, a long way from being supportive of of deals like the TPP, which she never said that she would back, but but said complimentary things about it. Um, and I think what you're seeing uh, in the language that she's using on the trail is is uh, she's she's talking about growing jobs and she's uh, talking about bringing uh, bringing jobs back to the country, but she's talking about them in terms of the future. What jobs should should we build rather than what jobs uh, we should save? And that's but she's Trump. I mean yesterday she seemed to be obviously she's pandering to pandering to this. Uh, mm-hmm. rocket crowd, and that makes mm-hmm. me think of, like, jobs from the 50s, right? <laughs> it was a Futuramic. Futuramic was the name of the company, mm-hmm. and uh, they make uh, very highly machined parts and tools and dyes for the space industry. One of their biggest customers is NASA, just a So, so that that was a very carefully chosen uh, sure. location because of that. Like that, that you could see that industry growing in some, you know, in some hopeful future where we're exploring space and, and a lot of jobs <laughs> are, are being dedicated to that effort. Tell us a little bit about Donald Trump and the relationship of his campaign to those of other Republicans who are running. Specifically, I was looking at uh, Colorado, mm-hmm. right, because there's an incumbent Democrat, mm-hmm. Michael Bennett. He's the senator. He's got a 15-point lead over his Republican challenger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so this is really uh, a major breaking point for the campaign. Uh, when it comes to uh, – when you look at these polls, uh, you've uh, – you know, the first thing you see is that Donald Trump has some problems, but but uh, voters tend to vote down the ticket and, and look at uh, – and if they're not excited about the candidate at the top, they won't show up. Uh, for the ones beneath that. And so that's, that's something that, uh, is at the core of the tensions between the Republican National Committee and the Trump campaign. That Trump is raising, helping raising money, uh, for those campaigns and, uh, but the things he's doing to, uh, generate bad press, uh, for Republicans in general are definitely, uh, are, are definitely harmful to those other races. 
also North Carolina. Yeah, North Carolina is a state that Obama won in 2008, lost in 2000, uh, in 2012, and he, and he, uh, and it was trending, uh, Democrat, but it was definitely in the, in the toss-up category on everyone's maps. But today it's, uh, it's just a huge lead and it's starting to look very solid for Hillary Clinton. And what that does is that opens up the map in different ways. So while Trump was hoping to win the Rust Belt and then, uh, and then get to the White House, uh, he could, he could win the Rust Belt. And then, uh, and still lose the election because Hillary Clinton has way, far more ways to win, uh, this election than he does. So obviously, um, so far calling out Trump has been a really bad call. I mean, I've noticed 538 was telling me mm-hmm. for months and months that he would <laughs> never win, um, mm-hmm. the, the Republican nomination. And mm-hmm. of course, we're, here we are. Mm-hmm. However, I have heard at least three people in the last week tell me that Donald Trump could actually drop out of this race, including <laughs> Peter Atwater from Financial Insights. Um, are you hearing that more and more, or am I just listening to um, the, all the right programs? <laughs> uh, yeah, I really uh, – that, that's hard to take seriously at this point. I think he's uh, – you know, it, it – I think it speaks to the enormous pressure that any presidential candidate is under, especially when they're facing a, a steep climb to uh, be competitive in a race. I mean, there, there's, there are whole books written about John McCain's struggle to to uh, get up every day and hit the campaign trail when he knew he was down uh, so much that he uh, he couldn't possibly win. So, so uh, I think that would uh, weigh on any candidate. It definitely weighs on Donald Trump. I mean, we can't forget that Donald Trump was ahead in the polls just two weeks ago. It's mm-hmm. not like uh, the guy's been down for months and months right mm-hmm. yeah and he uh I, I think he 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 is confident in some things he can show up every day to uh you know to a rally where over 10,000 people are there and very pumped to to be supporting him and that's definitely a, a sign of life that you don't see on the other on the other side of this race and so he they draw a lot of confidence from that and um and they hope to tap it to uh to win uh, these battlegrounds. Mike, uh, you know, I know that everyone's focused on the presidential race, but mm-hmm. we've also got a race mm-hmm. for House and mm-hmm. Senate seats. Mitch McConnell coming mm-hmm. out and saying that he might not be the majority leader mm-hmm. because there are 24 GOP seats on the ballot. Mm-hmm. Is it possible we're going to see a Democrat Senate mm-hmm. as well as gains in the House? Uh, yeah, you, I mean, if you're hearing it from Mitch McConnell, you could you can bet that it's a, a possibility. He's he's nervous. A lot of individual senators are nervous, and uh, and that is definitely a nightmare scenario for Republicans. I want to thank you very much for coming in and spending time with us. You're going to have a busy couple of months, I know. Thanks Mike, for having me, Mike Nietzsche. He is uh, executive editor for Bloomberg Politics, uh, giving us the details of. Uh, the race as it is and the polls that have been taking place to see whether indeed Hillary Clinton can outpace Donald Trump, the uh, Republican contender. All right. It is 1257 on Wall Street. Uh, we are watching markets that continue to churn uh, down, down, down yeah, across the down board. Down about four points. S&P 500 down about four points, uh, 2181 right now. This is Bloomberg.